right. Man, I don't know if you have the fucking microphone over here. Let's see. Um, podcast. What am I missing? Oh, I'm missing the <laughs> I'm missing the power cord to my computer. Which I need because the way I've got my uh, surface set up is if it is stagnant for too long, it um, goes into screensaver mode. And I'm trying to plug the power in. Hold on. There we go. All right. So, yeah, it goes into screensaver mode and fucks up the um, the audio recording and all that kind of bullshit. So, plugging that in. I think I got it all plugged in now. Jesus Christ. I wasn't going to do this tonight. And I said, well, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go ahead and do it and try and see if we can get it out tomorrow, which is Wednesday. day. Taking my jacket off because it is warm up here. <clears throat> I got the party light on. Let me get these headphones and see if I still have a good battery. But you never know. You never know what's going on with the battery on this show. This is not plugged in because it was plugged into my computer the last time I used it. But we're going to get it plugged into the headphone amp eventually. There we go. Right there. Turn this bad boy on. Oh, yeah. There's my voice. I hear it. And my headphones. So there we go. So what's up, guys? Welcome to the show. This is Craft Conversations. And uh, we're going to craft a conversation about uh, whatever the fuck I'm thinking about today. And who knows what that may be. I came up and I decided, you know what? Screw it. It was like 62 degrees in here. So I turned the, the heat on and kind of uh, calmed it down just a little bit. And I said, you know what? Let's put on the party light. We haven't done the party light in quite some time. I can't remember the last episode that I did the party light on. I think I've done maybe two with the party light, disco light. I don't even know what you call it. It's a fucking, it's a cool light. I like it. It makes a little bit of noise. I might have to cancel some of the noise out of it, but what can you do? What can you do, guys? Let's see. What are we going to do today? I really don't even know. I might not even keep this show. I might scrap it. I might put it in the can. Do something tomorrow night. Because I'm not sure if I'm ready to do a show. But I decided, you know what? Maybe maybe I am. Maybe I want to do one tonight. Excuse me. I'm trying to get a, a show out on Wednesdays. Wednesday, excuse me. God damn it. On Wednesdays. And, um... You know, I'm trying to be consistent, but sometimes I just, you know, I just don't feel like fucking doing it. 
By the way, Lutz Property Services. You, you know anything about them? Um, <laughs> we're going to tell you something about them right, real quick. i got to put my glasses on. Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see. There's a testimonial here on their website. Uh, matter of fact, their phone number, 843-203-3906. That's Lutz Property Services. You can go to their website, LutzPropertyServices.com. That's L-U-T-E-S PropertyServices.com. And uh, you can check these guys out. One of the testimonials I'm going to read right here is, You exceeded my expectations. The technician was able to make the weather strip fit even though I bought the wrong size. Thanks for your help. Um, how do I get to... Oh, we're at Water's Edge Dentistry. Would highly recommend the Loose Company for any office management and repair. Brandon is dependable and knowledgeable in construction and material selection. He delivers quality work and listens to the customer. Brandon understands what it takes to get the job done and clearing communications or and clearing communicates along the way. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's what's what's on the website. And the headline is Brandon delivers quality work and listens to the customer. So there you go. LootsPropertyServices.com. The phone number is 843-203-3906. Give them a call if you have any commercial property that you're interested in trying to renovate and um, take to the next level. So there you go. Another ad in the books. What are we talking about tonight? So, <clears throat> excuse me, last week I went to a KISS concert. So my brother, Kevin, he sends me an email from a, a, a thing called vettix.com. I think it's called vettix.com. Let me check that out real quick while we're looking up websites. Uh, matter of fact, uh, my buddy Caleb, who was a co-host on the show for a while, he runs a, a new show a new show called, like I said, it's a podcast. He runs it through his uh, Namaker Bait Cat. God damn it, I can't speak at all today. Bait Cat Studios. And uh, he said on his last episode, which was the uh, Sunday delight that he do that he does, fuck. Maybe I shouldn't do a show tonight because I cannot speak the English language. But he talked about on his last episode, Sunday delight, which he does every Sunday. It's a little short episode, 10, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And he talked about looking stuff up and how rude it was to look stuff up on a podcast. But I think just the opposite. I think I'm trying to educate. I'm trying to uh, let you guys know what's going on in the uh, community and the world in uh, property services from loots, whatever the case may be. And, you know, I want to look up stuff. And now I've talked so much about why I think it's important to look up stuff, but I don't even remember what I was looking up. I was talking about the KISS concert. Oh, so yeah, we're talking about Vets tickets. <laughs> vet, vet ticks. Um, let's see, Vet ticks. Vet So yeah, it is. It's vettix.org, as a matter of fact, not .com. So my brother sends me an email. And the email is, uh, you know, check out this link. There's 288 tickets left for the KISS concert that is happening in Columbia, South Carolina. I click on the link. 
it takes me into this uh, to this website on my phone. And uh, this is a tour. It's called the End of the Road Tour from KISS. They're doing a tour uh, right now with David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth is opening up for him. So I click on the link and I go in. Um, I, I decide, okay, I'm going to go and get some tickets. The tickets are $14 and something cents a piece uh, for two tickets. So the minimum is two tickets. I go in. I do all. I, I fill in all the information. I hit purchase and I go through and it says, okay, you purchased these tickets. To view these tickets in your account, click on here. So I click on there. It takes me to a thing and it says, sorry, you cannot view these tickets because you are not logged in. So I try and log in and apparently I was logged into my brother's account, uh, which makes sense because I clicked on the link that he sent me in, in the email from his account, but it shouldn't have let me done anything on his account because... I'm not the account owner. I wasn't logged in, but it it made it look like I was logged in under his account. So I purchased the tickets, two tickets. It wouldn't let me view them, so I said, "Okay, well maybe uh, I'm not um, I'm not Kevin Dale, so I need to log in. I need to create my own login." So I went in, tried to create my lo- my own login, and it said I needed to verify my vet status. So I went to this other website, verified my vet status. It sent me an email a fucking code in my text messaging. I mean, there was a whole bunch of rigmarole that I had to go through to try and get these tickets. So I finally got in. I finally got in. I logged in. I selected two tickets again, did the purchase. It sent me an email saying that I had purchased two tickets. To view the tickets, click on here. So I clicked on there. It took me to Ticketmaster, and it let me view my tickets after I logged into Ticketmaster on my account. So apparently what happened was... I ordered four different tickets. So two tickets under my brother's account, two tickets under my account. Both of them were about 15 bucks a piece for two tickets. So I spent 30 bucks and apparently I purchased four seats. My brother texted me the next morning and said, Oh, you fucked up. You, um, you purchased tickets under my account. I can't go to the show. I need to find two people to go and claim these tickets or else they're going to suspend my account for 30 days. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, all I did was click on the link that you sent me, and it took me to VetTix, and I purchased two tickets. I didn't realize I had even um, finished the transaction under your account. I went in, created my own account, purchased two tickets. So I wasn't aware, but apparently we had four tickets. So basically what VetTix does is it uh, provides tickets for veterans, I think I haven't gone through and, and really looked at the the actual info on the site. Let's see uh, the team tickets, the team our impact. Nah. Oh, about that ticks. Let's see what this says. It's in the nature of military and veterans to step up. So we did the kind of people who volunteer to serve their country, the ones who put their nation first and their own lives second. There are. These are our U.S. veterans. They are the kind of people we need to honor, not just on Memorial Day, Veterans Day, and the 4th of July, but every day. Now, through the Veteran Veteran Tickets Foundation, those who care about our military and veterans have a way to give back. How it works. 
Veteran Tickets Foundation teams up with major sports teams, leagues, promoters, organizations, venues, and ticket holders to provide free tickets to the more than 21 million military and veterans. Currently serving military honorably discharged veterans from all branches of service and family of those killed in action are eligible. Vet tickers accounts are active once we verify service status. Tickets are either distributed directly to military bases or claimed through our website. Why we do what we do. The 7% of our population that are veterans and less than 1% actively serving shoulder unique burdens of stress, sacrifice, and time away from their families. The majority of our veterans have served during wartime. Oh, wait a minute. The, it's one sentence right here. So, the majority of our veterans ser- have served during wartime. Veterans experience many difficult transitions as they reintegrate back into their families their communities, and eventually civilian life. Many service members and veterans struggle with wounds of war, both physical and invisible. Yet these veterans receive limited access to resources that are vital to their reintegration into the communities. Military discounts are small or infrequent. The majority of veterans do not receive military discounts because they do not have an ID card. More than that, the cost of the average football game or concert is over $500 for a family of four. This makes many events simply unaffordable for average military and veteran families. Veteran Tickets Foundations is concerned that too many veterans are missing out on an all-American moments, on the all-American moments for which they have fought and sacrificed. These all-American events are the times we should use to welcome and acknowledge our veterans. These events provide essential community reintegration opportunities, family bonding experiences, and improve the quality of life. Donated tickets shows our military that their community supports their service. These events are real gifts of gratitude for our veterans who have given so much. So basically, these guys are giving out discounted tickets um, for veterans and their families and providing a way for you to go see these things on the cheap because you earned it. So... I bought these tickets. I got four seats. Uh, we only needed two because I took my girlfriend with me. We drive up to the venue. It's in Columbia, South Carolina. It's at the Colonial Life Arena, which is where the uh, the Gamecocks play uh, basketball. And some other things happened there, of course. Uh, matter of fact, my ex-wife, she had her graduation there from uh, USC as a nurse. Um... Fuck, what was his name? Uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. He's a football coach. He used to coach for Notre Dame. Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz was there. He uh, was the uh, speaker there at the graduation for my ex-wife's graduation. My ex-wife's graduation for her nursing degree uh, from USC. But anyway, we go up to the. We start driving up to the Coliseum. We go to Columbia. I'm about three blocks out, maybe four, from the Coliseum. We run over something in the road that sounds like we ran over, I don't know, a log. <clears throat> something in the road, a stick, a log, something, just a kerplunk that we heard as we drove across this thing. Uh, didn't think much about it. Said, okay, we ran over something in the road. Finally came up to the Coliseum. You can take a right into this parking lot on the right. You can take a left. I take a left. As we're going left, 
I hear the uh, the cops there that are directing traffic saying, oh, hey, 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 hey. They're yelling at me. I got my windows up. I can't really understand what they're saying, but they were yelling at, at me uh, about something. I pull up over on the left into this parking area. I pull up. I'm giving the lady uh, some money for the parking area that we're going to go into. And she says, oh, by the way, did you know that you have a flat tire? I'm like, no, I did not. I kind of suspected, I kind of felt like over the last block or so that I felt some kind of um, disturbance in the force. <laughs> and then I heard uh, maybe some grinding or some kind of shit going on on the outside of the vehicle. So I said, yeah, I kind of figured we pull into the parking space after parking or after paying. Well, pull into the parking space, I get out, look at the right uh, front tire, the passenger side tire on the front, and it is indeed flat as I don't know flat as flat as a flat tire really I don't know what else to say about it but so I'm like no big deal man we'll go into the concert we're gonna watch some David Lee Roth we're gonna watch some kiss we're gonna come back out we're gonna take about 15 minutes to to get the tire off the back of the truck put it on the front um, replace it and get on the road and get back to Somerville. We go into the concert. The concert is fantastic. I've seen David Lee Roth one time before as a member of Van Halen when I was stationed out in Las Vegas. And about a couple weeks prior to that, I had seen a band called Chickenfoot, which is Sammy Hagar's, uh, one of his bands. He's got two or three bands that he tours with, and this is one of them called Chickenfoot. It's uh, he, Michael Anthony, um, I think for that tour, Chad Smith was the drummer, who is the drummer of the Red Hot, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I can't remember who the guitarist was on that tour. But saw them, and then a couple weeks later, I went and saw Van Halen as they reunited with David Lee Roth to do a tour, and I think they actually ended that tour abruptly and um, b- before the tour was supposed to end. I think they had some conflict, as, as they've had for many decades and I can tell you right now that the Chickenfoot concert was 10 times better than the Van Halen concert that I saw. Not that I didn't like the Van Halen concert. It was good. It wasn't the Van, Van Halen of old, the original David Lee Roth Van Halen, where David Lee Roth is just jumping around and, and doing kung fu and spin kicks and spinning microphones and mic stands and uh, just really outrageous and out there. It was more of a relaxed, uh, kind of grounded David Lee Roth. The songs were good. Uh, you had Wolfgang on the uh, the bass instead of Michael Anthony. All the rest of the band was still there. I don't know. It was kind of lackluster. And when I think back on it, the Chickenfoot band was just oh my god. They they seemed like they really wanted to be there, and they had a great time, and they seemed like they were just having a blast and having the time of their life. Uh, the David Lee Roth, Van Halen seemed a little forced and it didn't seem like they were having as much fun it seemed a little put on and uh just um for the money and so anyway i'd seen them before i'd seen kiss before i I took my son brian jr to a kiss concert where buck cherry opened up for them this was in seattle washington back in 2009 i promised uh both my sons that when they turned 16 i would take them on a trip to celebrate their 16th birthday, 
And uh, the trip that we went on with Brian was to Seattle, Washington, and we saw Buck Cherry and Kiss. And a fantastic show, man. Both of them, really. Kiss puts on a, a fantastic time. They have for uh, 40-plus years, four-plus decades. And really, if you look back, and I've done a lot of looking back here in the past couple weeks of KISS concerts from like 1976 on up to current, and the shows have not changed much. The costumes have changed. Maybe some of the lineup has changed as far as band members. But the, the concept of the show has been pretty much the same. So I was able to, even though uh, Fawn had not seen a KISS concert before, I was able to kind of fill her in on what was going to happen and what song was coming up next and uh, what theatrics were going to happen or whatever, what they were going to end with. I mean, I kind of had the whole show to a T knowing what they were going to do. So it was a fantastic time. Great concert. They played for a long time. We end the concert. We come out. And, um, you know, I have a truck. So normally a truck, you have this tire that's up underneath the back end of the bed of the truck. You have to put up this tool into this hole. And you have to crank this tire down on the chain to the, to the ground. Get the tire off. That's where your spare is. So I do that. I start lowering this tire down, and for some reason the chain is stripped or it's uh, not working, and the tire maybe came about a third of the way down to the ground. And about four to five times I got up underneath the truck and tried to figure out how to get this chain to release and tried to figure out how to get it to, to go the rest of the way down to the ground. I would get back out from underneath the truck. I would fucking crank the thing down again. I would crank it the other way. I would put the insert the rod in and out, uh, trying to figure it out. I got up underneath the truck. I pulled the chain. You know, I like yanking the chain. And um, I don't know. I couldn't get this fucking tire to get down to the ground. So the weight of the tire is on the chain. It's on the mechanism that's holding the, the, the chain onto the rim itself. And what's supposed to happen is it's supposed to hit the ground, and once it hits the ground, the weight of the tire is released, and you're able to undo the chain and the mechanism that is holding the tire up. Since it wouldn't do that, I had to get up underneath the truck finally. I kind of banged on it with the tire iron a little bit to kind of release it and make sure it wasn't stuck. But I had to get up and physically bench press the tire up to release the weight off of the chain. I had to get up in there with my other hand, and manipulate the uh, uh, the mechanism off of the rim and finally get it to release and come out of the hole to get the tire off. So, I don't know, probably fucking at least 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes just to get the tire off of the back of the truck. I finally get it off, finally get it off. I roll the tire around to the front of the truck. I jack the truck up with this shitty-ass fucking, you know, a jack that comes with the truck. Um, I got this shoulder that, you know, I've had shoulder surgery on a couple months ago. I'm trying to wrench. I've already done, you know, wrenching of the, the tire off the back of the truck, the spare. Now I've got to wrench this goddamn uh, jack to try and jack the front of the truck up to get the tire off. So I jack that up. You know, it takes forever. I'm dripping sweat. I'm already filthy dirty. I've been underneath the car uh, five, six, seven times. 
my hands are filthy, my jeans are filthy, my shirt's filthy, my, my hair is filthy, everything is filthy. I finally get the truck jacked up enough to get the flat tire off the front, take the lug nuts off, get the tire off. I place the uh, <clears throat> the spare up and up to um, the lugs there, and of course, it's not up high enough because the tire that I took off was flat, so it was about a, about six inches lower than what it normally would be. Now I've got to drag the, the, the truck up another six inches to eight inches to get the other tire on that is inflated. And I put that in quotes because once I get the tire on there, I tightened up some of the, you know, all the lugs a little bit, just hand tightened to get the tire firmly in place. I start to lower the, um, the jack a little bit to get some contact with the ground so I can tighten the lug nuts all the way. And come to find out, <laughs> the, uh, the spare tire is flat. I've had this truck since 2016. Uh, so, four years. I've never had a flat. I've never had to mess with the spare tire. But, yeah, the spare tire is flat. So, I lower the, the jack all the way down. And the tire was just as flat as the fucking tire I took off of there. So, lo and behold, luckily... About three days prior, excuse me, about three days prior, I've had a, uh, my, my back left rear tire, back, rear, same thing, right, um, loses a tiny bit of air over, to, over a couple months at a time. So it might go from 35 PSI down to 25 PSI in a couple months' time. Uh, so I periodically have to go out with my air compressor and I have to pump that tire up and just put a little bit of air in the tire. It's got a slow leak of some sort. I'm not sure why or what is going on there, but it's nothing detrimental. I just I put a, a few PSI in it periodically and it works. So I had just done that three days prior and I said, you know what? I might as well just keep this goddamn compressor in the back of my truck. And it's always, always been in my garage. I've never kept it in my truck at all. So I decide to, you know, three days prior to this, to put it into the bed of the truck. So luckily, I have a comp an air compressor that I can plug into my battery um, outlet there in the truck, and I can pump this tire up. So I plug it in. I hook it up to the valve stem of the, of the, of the tire. I turn the compressor on. Immediately, it turns off. I disconnect it. I push it back onto the valve stem, turn the compressor back on, immediately it turns off. I try one more time to reposition it, put it back on the valve stem, turn the compressor on, immediately it turns off. So I, I unplug the compressor, I, I unhook the compressor, I take my phone out, I get my, uh, uh, I get my, my light out of my phone, I look at the, uh, I look at the tire, I look at the valve stem, and guess what? The valve stem, it didn't have a, a, a cap on it. So the valve stem had, just over time, over the last five years of me driving it around, had gotten some pebbles, some little small stones and stuff inside that valve stem that was um, affecting the depression of the stem that needs to depress to allow air to go into the tire. 
Uh, so I get um, my butterfly knife, which was already in my back pocket because there was a bunch of shady characters kind of, you know, this is midnight that we're talking about on Tuesday night. Most of the cars from the parking lot have uh, departed. And there's a few shady characters kind of uh, roaming around this parking lot. So I had pulled my, my butterfly knife out of the car. And I also had pulled out my baton slash uh, nunchucks out of my truck. And had both of those readily available in case um, somebody decided that they wanted to, you know, try and rob us or molest us or um, take take our vehicle or take our money or whatever. I had those two, two things out. So I get my butter, butterfly knife. I open it up. I put the tip of it into the valve stem and I kind of kind of roam it around a little bit and uh, try and dislodge those pebbles that are inside the valve stem to, to be able to release the valve stem. So I get those out. I clean it out, blow into it a little bit. I rehook the compressor up. It starts pumping up with air. Now, the compressor that I have is pretty small. It's, it's not the most expensive compressor in the world. It takes probably a good 15 minutes to pump this fucking tire up from zero all the way up to 35 PSI. So I get the tire pumped up all the way, and uh, you know, all the while, Fawn is sitting here just waiting on me. Uh, she has to be to work early this next morning, and um, I've got to try and figure out this tire thing. So we're already, you know, pretty much an hour into this thing, uh, trying to change a fucking tire. It gets up to 35 psi. I take the compressor off of the uh, valve stem. All of a sudden. Air is just pouring out of this tire. I pull my butterfly knife back out of my pocket, open it up, stick it in there and kind of manipulate the valve stem a little bit and get it to pop back out to where it closes the uh, the valve stem and air stops coming out of it. So more than an hour later, I finally get the tire off the back of the truck. I get the, the flat tire off, put the new flat tire on, <laughs> pump that flat tire up with the compressor that I luckily had in the back of my truck, get the valve stem all manipulated and uh, back into fair play and uh, get the tire pumped up. And we are on our way back to Somerville. It stays um, pumped up the whole way time, the whole way there. We get back to, to Somerville and all is good. I hit up a buddy of mine and I said, hey, man, I need to figure out uh, how much it would cost to replace this tire. This is the tire that I have, the size, the uh, brand, what have you. To replace it with that same brand, it was like 250 bucks for the tire. That's not including the, uh, the labor to put it on. Um, a generic, not a generic, but a lesser brand tire of the same quality and the same specs was about 168 I think I was quoted. I decide to go out and uh, take a look at this tire and find out what's going on with it. So a few days later, oh, well, a week later, I go out, yesterday as a matter of fact, and uh, pull, the, pull the tire out the back of my truck, roll it around a little bit, and uh, try and assess what the problem was. Nothing on the sidewall was affected. I look on the tread um, about a third of the way into the center of the tire, and there happens to be a hole. Um, I spit on it. I hooked my compressor up. I started filling up with air. 
Um, I spit on the what I perceived as the problem, the hole, and you can see bubbles come up where air was, you know, coming out of that hole. So I figured out that's uh, where the problem was. I had a plug tool that was uh, in my garage in my in my in my toolbox. I routed out the hole <clears throat> with the tool that comes with it to to route it out, kind of rough up the hole. I pulled out my little sticky, I don't even know what you fucking call it. It's like a rubber, sticky fucking thing. I don't know what you call it. You pull that out, you route it through this other tool about halfway through. You poke it down through and it bends and, and goes into the hole and it seals. It's, it's a rubber cement type thing. It seals the hole. Did that, uh, finished pumping the tire up to 35 PSI. I pulled the uh, spare tire off of the front, put this uh, other tire back onto the front, and I've been driving on it uh, yesterday and today, and I have not lost any air in that tire, so I believe that the tire is fixed. Holy shit, 30 minutes into this show, and all we've talked about is the KISS concert and this goddamn tire. That's it. So that's one thing that has happened <laughs> that has happened to me too, this month. I've had since February 2nd, and uh, we're going to talk about February 2nd and 3rd toward the end of the month. My last show of the month is probably going to discuss what happened on the 2nd and 3rd of February of this month, um, the night of the Super Bowl. We'll discuss that and get into that. But uh, it seems to be since the 2nd of February, there's been a series of events that have just been compounding on each other and uh, a, seri- a series of unfortunate events, uh, the tire being one of them. Um, but, you know, you had a plus side where I had these great tickets to a KISS concert. Matter of fact, the seats that we got, uh, we got four of them. Each one of them individually would have been 80 dollars a piece if I would have bought them straight out on Ticketmaster. I ended up accidentally buying four of these seats. So we had four seats. We had two seats that we definitely were into, but we had room to spread out and kind of uh, <clears throat> stretch our legs into four different seats. So I paid a total of 30 bucks for four seats. We got in there and ordered two beers, two Heinekens, as a matter of fact, 16-ounce cans, and it was 20 bucks. So we almost paid as much for the four seats that we fucking had, almost front row, uh, to the side of the stage, 17 rows up. Almost paid as much for two beers as we did for four fucking seats. So there you go. A great deal. <coughs> so what else has happened this month? Um, <coughs> man, i got a dry throat all of a sudden. Woke up this morning... Checked my email, as I, as, as, as I always do when I wake up in the morning, and I got a message from Wells Fargo that says, Hey, your account has been overdrawn. Overdraft protection, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, the other email that I got was an email. Well, actually, first off, I checked my text messages because there was a text message <clears throat> on my list. And the text message text message was from 
Wells Fargo that said that there was uh, three um, charges that looked like they were fraudulent. And the text message that I got looked like it was fraudulent. So I just fucking deleted the text message. Went in and checked my email. I saw the overdraft protection email. And then I saw another email that said that verified the same thing that the uh, text message just said that it looked like there was some fraudulent activity <clears throat> through the cash app on my on my debit card. So I go in and log into my Wells Fargo account on the app, and there was one, two, three, four, five, six different charges on the cash app. And there was two charges on Lyft, which I've never used Lyft before. I used the Cash App, but in the Cash App, pretty much I just uh, use for uh, a purchase through a friend of mine uh, about once a month. And then also my roommate pays me through the Cash App uh, once a month for the mortgage. So, or for the rent, for his rent <clears throat> on my mortgage. Uh, never used Lyft in my life. I've only used Uber. Uh, when I do get a ride, it's Uber only, so I've never used Lyft. So two charges from Lyft and one, two, three, four, five, six charges from the Cash App. Um, totaling about, I don't know, 120 bucks. So that's what I woke up to today. So I spent the you know first half of my day on the phone with Wells Fargo trying to figure out where these charges came from, um, listing them as fraudulent, uh, requesting a new card. They canceled, you know, put a, put a stop on the card that I had, which was going to expire in November anyway. I've had it for a long time. Been with Wells Fargo since 1996. They've always treated me well. I've only had one other time I can think of in the history that I've been with them since 96 that I've had a fraudulent uh, charge happens, so it doesn't happen very often. But you know, shit happens, man. With electronics, people can uh, kind of infiltrate and get into there if they want to. So I don't know how that happened, but apparently they had used. Uh, of course, they didn't use my physical card because it's always with me. I've never relinquished my card to anybody. Nobody's ever used it. But uh, they had the number somehow, some way. So. Disputed all those charges, and they were all still pending at the time. They, none of them have actually posted. So as soon as they actually post, then they can reverse them, plug them back into my account, and uh, get me back in good standing with the bank. So, Yeah, so the thing that happened on the 2nd and 3rd of February, uh, the flat tire with the KISS concert, the uh, bank account thing, man, <clears throat> over the first uh, 18 days of this month, it's been a little disconcerting and a little unbalanced, which, you know, I feel like life is balanced with the yin and yang of life. You have the good, you have the bad, you have the dark, you have the light. And uh, recently I have had the uh, the darkness, so it's going to get balanced out with the light here eventually. So there you go. debit card got hacked flat tire and whatever happened on the second third you're going to hear about that at the end of the month so there you go i think that's about all i had to talk about was uh, just some mishaps and the yin and yang of life and that uh, sometimes you know bad shit happens but uh, as people believe and whatever that that only means that there's going to be good 
because you have to have good to balance the bad. That's just the way the universe works. I don't make the rules. The universe makes the rules. I had some other things I was going to talk about, uh, like NASCAR and, uh, you know, I'm not really doing any plugs for anything on this podcast anymore unless I get compensated for it. You know, I spent a lot of time and effort on this podcast. I have uh, more and more listeners as we go along. I think it's a, it has value to it, and um, I do a lot of free plugs on this show, and I'm not doing it anymore. You know, I did a, a plug right up front for uh, Lutz Property Management. Those guys are going to compensate me. I do a lot of plugs for Homegrown Brewhouse and the artists that play there. That's fine. I'm going to continue to do those because that's a, a self-interest post. You know, I'm a partner and bartender over there at Homegrown Brewhouse, 117 South Main Street. And um, I get compensated by, by you guys coming in to participate in whatever the activities are that are happening there at Homegrown Brewhouse. So whether it be bands, uh, tonight we had um, we had Trivia Night with Wise Guy Trivia. Tomorrow we've got a new thing that we're doing. It's uh, Prime Rib Night, so you're going to be able to come in there and get Prime Rib and some sides. Every Wednesday, uh, Thursday, we've got... Um, oh... <clears throat> God damn it. Thursday. I gotta look it up. I thought I had it memorized, but uh, we're on the schedule. Oh, Thursday. We have uh, Roger Mindwater playing from 8 to 10. Uh, Friday is the third, fr- which is third Thursday, as a matter of fact. Uh, so that's gonna be a busy night. Um, Friday, we have Dan Riley, who plays the third Friday every month. He's going to be there from 8 to 10. And then uh, Saturday, we have uh, Fleming Moore, who's going to play from 8 to 10 as well. So usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the shows are from 8 to 10. I'm going to continue to promote those types of things because, like I said, I get some compensation by people coming in and participating in those events and um, spending money at the bar and tipping and all those types of things. So. But anything else, otherwise, <clears throat> unless maybe I drink a beer on the show, which I'm not doing tonight because I don't have a beer, so I'm drinking water. But if I drink a beer on the show, of course, I'll promote that. But anything else I've been doing in the past where I promoted somebody and I've, I brought up somebody's act or I brought up their website or their podcast or what have you, not doing it anymore. I mean, if you want to... Give me a little bit of cash or some other compensation to mention your business or mention your podcast, to mention your record, your album, your whatever. Then we're going to have to talk uh, some dollar signs, really. So I was going to talk this NASCAR thing, but I really don't feel like talking about it, man. I'm pretty much done with this podcast already. So this is going to be good enough just to get out tomorrow on Wednesday. I appreciate you guys listening, as always. And I love doing this show. I have a great time with it. I've been uh, doing some research on some better ways to do it and some better equipment and things like that. But right now, this is what we got, man. So this is show uh, 114. We're rolling right along. And get out to Homegrown Brewhouse this week uh, for uh, Prime Rib Night tomorrow night. You might see me there. Sounds like a good time. I might go check it out. 
who's been uh, quite a few, quite a bit of interest on Facebook so far, and get out to see the live music, man. We we have live music every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We're one of the few places in town that uh, that have live music that many times a week, and we try and support local musicians and artists, up and coming, and. You're going to have a good time seeing Roger Monwater, Dan Riley, and Fleming Moore. All right, guys. Well, that's it for me. Have a good evening. Have a good day. Have a good week. Party this weekend, and we will talk to you 